0: Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to the In The Truck Podcast. I'm your host, Dennis Brown. This is the last episode before vacation, so it won't be another episode until, I guess, like maybe April 10th, something like that. I'll miss you guys. So I have this article, I wrote this article, and um, I've been trying to kind of shop it around a little bit, not for money, just for a byline, somewhere to put it. Years ago, I had a blog. And I found out uh, through that experience that um, most people who read blogs want menus or uh, cancer survivor stories or dog stories or uh, things of that nature. So if you want to write about heavier things, um, the audience is smaller. And then, this is maybe a little bit early on in social media when it wasn't that easy to reach out and touch people. Um, to build an audience was, was, uh, was a bigger task than I was interested in. So I wrote the blog, I don't know, maybe two years. It's still up. If you ever get real bored, shoot me a message, I'll tell you where it's at. So, you know, I talked to a couple authors and basically suggested putting that on a blog and then promoting it from there. Um, it's not really what I wanted to do. I kind of wanted to have it, uh, to be, um, picked up by, a, an online publisher of one kind or another. Um, so I sort of hemmed and hawed the, uh, the article you'll, you'll hear about it in a minute, but the article deals with an interview that was held, you know, about a month ago. I thought as time goes on, this is becoming less and less topical. And uh, not not that it's invalid, but I'm sort of losing our frame of reference. Uh, I know when I didn't want anybody reading the article saying to themselves, "Why is he talking about an interview from six months ago?" So I thought we we needed to do something about that. So you know, in trying to figure out where to put this thing that has an audience, what I realized is I have an audience. I have all you lovely people. So I don't have a. Uh, Blog that people read. And I don't have a news website that people want to read. I don't have a... I don't know. Slate.com. I did... I will say this. I did submit it to Patriot Not Partisan. When Patriot Not Partisan first came into existence, it was an idea that intrigued me because it's supposed to be a website that is um, apolitical. The idea was that there would be articles from both left and right and that people could start a conversation and get back together and I thought man that's brilliant what I found out oh and I should say so I sent them an email to say like hey how does this work how do I submit and um, I got a response from one of their editors it wasn't immediately but it was maybe 10 minutes later yeah just send a submission in and um We'll read it. If we think it needs some editing, we'll let you know. But most times, we just put it up just as it is. So they were such in a rush for content in the beginning that there was no process. So then I found out that it's owned by Alyssa Milano, who's, I wouldn't even say she's a Democrat. She's like, she's not really out there on the wackadoo left. You know, past the point of making any sense whatsoever. And very much anti-Trump and very much pro, uh, pro-choice, pro very much pro-progressive issues. So my article deals with uh, Faith, and I thought, they're not going to publish this. You know, now they've got content. If you go to their site, it's mostly left-wing content, very rarely anything on the right. And when there's something from somebody on the right, it's something that the left deems palatable. There's no controversy from the right on uh, Patriot Not Partisan. So that's unfortunate. Maybe that's what we should do. Maybe we should start a, a website that actually is what Patriot Not Partisan was supposed to be. Yeah, that's for another day. Maybe I'll think about that while I'm out. So I submitted the article to them. Uh, they responded. They received it. <laughs> Now, to be fair, I don't read them every day, so they might have published it. I don't know. I should probably check. But the email to tell me that uh, they received my submission, that my name was spelled incorrectly. So I tend to think that even if um, they uh, publish it, that they would spell my name incorrectly and then it wouldn't do me any good. Because then I couldn't say, as seen in Patriot Nonpartisan, because somebody could double check on it and would find out that uh, no such person ever wrote an article for them. So that wasn't a good start. So, yeah. But the whole thing is, is twofold. One is I always wanted to be a writer. Um, and I've written quite a bit, but never professionally at all. So I thought... Years ago, I tried to actually become a professional writer, or I looked into becoming a professional writer. And one of the things the internet has done is it allo- has allowed people who are looking for written content to go to these uh, there's auction type sites where uh, freelancers can bid against each other uh, for assignments, or some assignments aren't for bid; they're just out there, and you can submit something, the uh, the number of people who would like to be writers is large, and the amount of written content uh, sought is small by comparison, and so the price is very low. I don't know how anyone, why anyone would bother, you know, some of these assignments they were talking, you know, 500 word assignment for 10 cents a word. Yes, or less five cents a word you know you're looking 20 bucks for a day's work i guess you can hold out hope that it will lead to something amazing but i think that that's probably not the way to go i'd be curious to know if anybody's ever come through that system and uh and made it you know actually made a living a decent living as the left likes to say a living wage But so part of it was that, sort of my dream to be a writer, and then part of it was um, I'm trying to figure out how to get verified on Twitter because um, I think it's fun, and I think it would be funny if I got verified because it's like sort of unlikely. You don't have the biggest following in the world. and But some of the other verified accounts don't either, and um, I certainly don't hold the opinions of people who normally get verified. So, but what I noticed is a lot of people who are verified are, uh, journalists, quote unquote journalists, people who've written articles for Slate and I don't know, Huffington Post. Um, so I thought, well, if I could do that, then maybe I could make my case that I too should be verified like the other hacky people out there. But so yeah, that was it. That was the idea so it didn't work out. Although, if you share this podcast with everyone you know on all your social media platforms and a lot of people listen to it, then maybe some some publication will say to themselves, we need to publish that thing because a ton of people love it. And it's pretty good. I'm not going to lie. You know, it's not some bunch of garbage. It could be better. Let's be honest. It could always be better, but it's pretty good. So what I'm going to do for today's podcast, for the last Before Vacation, is I'm going to read the article. I'm going to read it with as much dramatic flair as I can. And I'm probably going to add little sidebars and notes um, into the mix. Because, you know, you're not reading it. I'm reading it. So I can do that. So, all right. So here we go. Without further ado. I called the article Everyone Believes. Obviously, when you actually publish something... They change the headline, and they'll make it some sort of clickbait nonsense. But but yeah, my title was Everyone Believes. So here we go. The debate between creation and Darwin's evolution, which once was actually being contended by great minds on both sides, has been settled. Creationists have surrendered the flickering flame of the idea... (laughs) Sorry. Creationists have surrendered and the flickering flame of the idea is kept alight for the most part by uneducated people who cannot contend with the leaders of the evolution side of the debate. This ceasefire has led to the people who espouse evolution to become sloppy and lazy. Terrible half-baked ideas are unchallenged and the discussion of the origin of life on earth, biodiversity and the fossil record have become a tightly sealed echo chamber. This reality is what led to Ben Stein's movie, Expelled, No Intelligence Allowed. On a side note, if you haven't seen that, it's totally worth it. It's a good good movie. The movie's climax, in case you missed it, shows Mr. Stein interviewing Richard Dawkins, the author of The God Delusion. And he uses Columbo-like tactics to walk Dawkins right into the ultimate trap. He gets Dawkins to answer for how life originated. Dawkins, as if he was given a script, answers that perhaps space aliens delivered life to Earth, but obviously offered no explanation for where the space aliens came from. It is my contention that everyone believes in God, even and especially the most fervent atheist. Dawkins needs God to explain life on Earth. Astronomers need God to explain the universe. Anthropologists need God to explain the fossil record, and biologists need God to explain the observable flora and fauna on Earth. They rename him, of course. He becomes, quote, billions of years, unquote, or, quote, space aliens, unquote, or, quote, genetic mutations, unquote, or, quote, unexplained phenomena, unquote. On February 20th, 2018, Brett Weinstein and his wife, Heather Haying, appeared on a popular podcast, The Joe Rogan Experience. Both Weinstein and Haying were biology professors at Evergreen State College until the former ran afoul of the social justice warrior Jacobins, who attend the institution as students. The events subsequent to the college's, college's day of absence, a day when only non-white students, professors, and staff were welcome on campus, thrust the pair into the national spotlight and out of their respective teaching positions. In the aftermath, the pair become vocal about their opinion that the cause of social justice has gone too far. Despite their active promotion of social justice prior to their ouster, it would seem they did not realize the ferocity of the monster they'd helped create until it turned on them. Their purpose in appearing on Mr. Rogan's podcast was not to discuss society, or their trials and tribulations, but rather to to discuss biology, evolution, and human sexuality. It seems fitting that they would discuss these issues as it is the area in which they're experts. The ensuing discussion was fascinating in a few ways, but mostly it was remarkable that the two atheist, evolution-believing biologists, invoked God on more than one occasion and were unchallenged. The reason? As I stated previously, everyone believes in God. Evolution, as taught, is a process by which external environmental pressures and random genetic mutations stretched out over billions of years leads to diverse symbiotic ecosystems from a mysterious, spontaneously self-generating single-celled organism. Simple enough. The process is amoral, shows no preference, and has been littered with extinctions and carnage from the beginning. God has no place in this arena, certainly not a loving God, And yet, during the course of the podcast, Weinstein was discussing the unusual case of the human female among all female primates. It seems that the human female is the only one who shows no outward signs of fertility, and in fact is unable to reliably predict her own fertility. The question, of course, is why? Why would this gradual process of genetic mutation and adapting to environmental pressures lead to a being with a period of fertility that was not transparent? This is curious, especially considering that every supposed relative of human beings advertises its fertility with outward signs recognized by males at the appropriate time to mate. Weinstein's explanation? A moral and loving God who was looking out for the physical and emotional well-being of human females. Does this surprise you? It shocked me. He didn't use those words, of course. He simply stated that it was his belief that evolution had led to women, be- women hiding their fertility to defend against violent rape. The snag is that evolution doesn't care about any individual's physical or emotional security. A species survives if the member reaches sexual maturity and reproduce. That is it. If evolution were to step in and protect female humans from forced reproduction, why then has it not been similarly kind to ducks? Of course, I don't know if you've ever seen Ducks Mate. This isn't the article. This is me talking to you. All duck sex is rape. Anyway, of course, the entire premise is ridiculous. The reality is that the idea of God is so ingrained in who we are that even when we set out to create a theory that excludes God from creation, even the most fervent atheist slips up and slides a just and moral creator back into the mix. The conversation turned at one point to the ability of certain species to reproduce in unusual ways, including some that can, be, can actually clone themselves. This method of reproduction is quite common in single-celled and other very simple organisms, but remarkable and rare among more complex and larger species. Miss Hang was discussing the unusual ability of certain female monitor lizards to clone themselves when no mate was present. And, as if not to be outdone by her husband's evocation of God, she followed suit. According to this renowned biologist, the unusual ability of the lizard to clone itself was caused by a female swimming to an island by herself, and upon arriving on the island wanting to reproduce before she died alone. According to Hying, evolution wanted this lizard to have offspring. Science is about experimentation and luckily for us, this particular theory of evolution, providing an individual with the ability to spontaneously clone itself can be tested. All we have to do is isolate one female of every species on earth and wait for them to start having babies. Easy, right? You can imagine it, right? A female bear swims to an island, gets stuck there, can't get off. It's gonna die. it's gonna die and not have any babies. Evolution's not stepping in. It strikes me as a particularly it strikes me as particularly interesting that a professor of evolutionary biology who states that she studied at the feet of the giants of the field would invoke a moral and empathetic force. Aren't the proponents of rationality and science the very same people who openly mock Christians for believing in the virgin birth of Jesus? God interacting with a human to allow her to become pregnant without traditional intercourse, leading to an egg fertilized by sperm. Oops. Is laughably ignorant to these people and simple-minded to proponents, proponents of evolution. And yet, a professor, a leader in the field, publicly proclaimed that evolution reached down its warm, compassionate hand from the heavens and granted a virgin birth to a monitor lizard's. This assertion went unchallenged by her husband, the host of the podcast, or a single member of the evolutionary biology community in the days following. How is this possible? How can it be that two leaders in the field of evolutionary biology could publicly proclaim that evolution has the same qualities as God the Creator and not be challenged by the community at large? There is only one explanation that makes sense when considering all the evidence. Everyone believes in God. The presence of a moral, just, compassionate, creative force is so overwhelming that even those who profess disbelief cannot ignore it or avoid attributing extraordinary anomalies to it. So there you go. That's the article. There's another phenomenon I left out of the article because it's kind of mundane and boring. And you can prove this, and I proved it this week, this weekend, excuse me. So if you say something like, all atheists believe in God, publicly, atheists will attack you. You become very upset. So uh, Matt Walsh is a Christian blogger who's had some success publishing things. So I reached out to him on Twitter. You know, he put a tweet out and no one had commented yet. I think I was the second comment. I said, hey, I wrote this article. It's about atheists really believing in God. It's pretty good. Um, do you know where I could send it? Do you have any suggestions what I should do? So he didn't respond, (laughs) but but immediately he started being attacked by atheists. So yeah, sorry about that, the phone rang, I don't even know where I was at, but they become emotional. So this woman, this one specifically went completely hog hog, wild, gets so upset that I dare say that atheists believe in God. She hasn't read the article, obviously, hasn't been published anywhere, and she's criticizing me. Miracle in me for it. So I went and looked at her Twitter feed and just like months and months and months and months and months, and months of her railing against a God she says she doesn't exist. And that's really common. It's really common for atheists to be super passionate atheists. <laughs> if I said to you the Easter Bunny doesn't really exist and you know the Easter Bunny doesn't really exist, it doesn't upset you. Or if I said to you, hey, you, believe, you really believe in the Easter Bunny, you wouldn't get upset. You wouldn't get mad. You wouldn't dedicate a Twitter page to to it because you don't believe in the Easter money. The only thing you can glean from these people who are obsessed with being atheists and mocking people of faith and pointing out everything that's wrong with religion and everything that's wrong is that they do believe in God and they're mad at him. So it's like Cain in the early part of the Bible, right? Cain obviously believed in God. He brought him a sacrifice. It was unacceptable. He was mad at God. He was so mad he went and killed his own brother. So that type of thinking, that mentality, something's happened to these people in their lives and they're mad. They're angry at God, which I understand. I totally get it. There are things that can happen to you in life that are totally not your fault. And I can see being angry at God. I'm not saying they shouldn't be. I try to be very kind to those people. But it's very, very clear that they do believe in God. And I didn't really get into that in the article because it's hard to kind of quantify. I mean, it becomes a really long thing and you might have to actually show some of these exchanges. But yeah, go to my Twitter feed. You can see all these exchanges. Um, the most recent one was from yesterday, the day before. But if you go back further, it's it's like an ongoing thing um, in general. And I try to stay as calm as possible. I try to be as nice as possible. I tease them a little bit, kind of poke and prod them a little bit, but um, just trying to get them to think, you know, I said to the woman yesterday, like you need to think bigger. She was stuck on these little tiny minutia. Um, but yeah, I, it, a hundred percent is my contention that everyone really does believe in God, that there are no actual atheists. And the, the, the perfect example, are like the two, like I said, people get super, super emotional about, about, uh, denying that there's a God, which if you didn't believe you wouldn't. And then the other is that, uh, even, even the most learned, the most respected, the, the, the monsters of the field, uh, invoke him on a regular basis. So they call it something else, but uh, but they're talking about God. And I think that it's just part of who you are as a human being. Part of who you are as a human being is that you know God uh, somewhere inside yourself. And um, and and you know he's there, and you, you can't really deny it. And so when you want to deny it, when you want it to not be true, it becomes very emotional for people. And um, And even when you want to pretend that it's not there, you slip up. So listen, I hope you all have the greatest of days and I hope that you have a great week and a half while I'm not here. I hope that I have a great week and a half. So listen, have a great day. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. Please retweet it to your friends. Share it on Facebook, Instagram, I don't know. Snapchat, whatever else is out there. Tell a buddy about the In the Truck podcast. And, uh, and um, yeah, that's it. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you later.